you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we're back. Thompson to Clark. Giants are currently in the bottom of the seventh against the Marlins, up three to two. Brad, this game has the recipe of every single game we watched this last week, except for the one that they won. That's what I said in Discord earlier. I said, <laughs> does anybody have PTSD from taking an early lead? I mean, oh, good Lord. And then <laughs> we're getting dinked and dunked yeah. is what's happening here in the seventh with nobody out. So, yeah, yeah. infield it's hit, tough. excuse me, single to be yeah. a little bit of a shift. Uh, not not where the hitter tried to hit that ball, for sure. No, I was hoping... In the last inning. I was hoping Webb could get through the seventh here and, and you know, have a nice seven innings, give over, over the bullpen to whoever Cap decides is going to blow it today. I mean, that's kind of that's where we're at, right? I don't well, know, and this is going to be part of our conversation, which is... Uh, I'll I'll mention the person in our Discord. This was last week. Uh, Anthony, he said that he didn't think Cap would last the year. And I think when I originally saw his thing, I was like, ah, he'll he'll be fine. But then you watch this last week of managing, and I'm not sure if there are things that he could have done differently that would have changed the outcome. But he definitely pushed the wrong buttons in certain scenarios, and they paid for it. And so... Uh, you know, we're so early in the season, but the way that this team is playing, you know, I, I, was, I was trying to think of it because I forgot what I was listening to. And it made me think about kind of how this season came together. And I think the Giants are a B minus baseball team that if they play to the best of their ability, they could be a B plus baseball team. But what you're also ha- what you also need to have happen is that the Dodgers who are an A, and the Padres, who are probably an A-, minus, they have to actually play down in order for the Giants to have a chance for the division. Yeah. And then so it becomes a season about the wild card. And I think we kind of knew that going in, like it was more about the wild card than it was about the division. But you're watching a B-minus baseball team kind of play under B-minus right now, and it's ugly, and it's frustrating. And we shouldn't be this frustrated this early in the season, but... There were moments in that Detroit series where I was like, I, I almost just like want to forget that baseball's going and not really care about the outcomes because I can watch basketball and then fast forward basketball and then two months, we'll really see what the team is. But it's been hard. It's been very difficult, especially the two games against the Tigers where in, in the first game, they're losing and then J.D. Davis hits a nice jack and it's like, oh, Maybe there's something here. Nope. <laughs> we're going to get the lead and then we're going to lose it. 
and then Duvall's going to pitch two innings in the extra inning game and then not be available for the next game. And it's just stuff like that where you're yeah. like, yeah, some of this is luck, but some of this is hunches and some of this is analytics and none of it is working right now. So no. And you know, in all honesty, isn't this pretty much what MLB wanted? They, they gave us the balanced schedule. They gave us the, you're going to play everybody. Well, now you got, I mean, the giants have opened up, you know, in New York and then they played Detroit and they played Kansas city all they have is film on these guys. They don't play these guys every year. They don't play these guys 10 to 12 times a year. So you've got pitchers who are feeling it out. Uh, and it's not just the Giants. It's everybody. I mean, when you look at leads across the the league, uh, you know, a three-run lead in the seventh inning doesn't necessarily mean anything nowadays. Um, because, again, with, with the new rules also, uh, you've got more offense happening. You've got higher BABIP already. Um, you're 30 points higher, I think, already in, in the season compared to last season. So you've got more offense. You've got more stolen bases. You've got more runners in scoring position. Uh, and, then, and then you've got guys who are unfamiliar on the mound with the guy at the plate. So you're, you're going to get a lot of weirdness happening. Uh, Giants, I think I just heard on the radio, they said in the next 32 games, the Giants are only playing – uh, three games against the American League. So that's 29 games against um, National League teams. So a little bit more familiarity. Um, you would hope when they play Pittsburgh, although I should say that now because Pittsburgh's playing lights out baseball. They're playing really <laughs> good baseball. Um, again, they are playing against American League club. So you've seen them beat up on the Houston Astros. So just there's a lot of weirdness at the beginning of the season with the balance schedule and teams playing teams that they're not used to playing. Um, you know, but it's fun. I mean, it, it's fun, not for us right now, but it's fun to see the league kind of come together and a lot of 500 records across the board. I mean, the uh, except, for the, of, except for the race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were the Rays, although they did lose two games over the they weekend. lost two games to the Blue Jays bottom half of their rotation, too. Yeah. So it's time to go ahead and break that team up, too, because they're they're no good anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, so so you see games like this and uh oh, did we just have a balk? We just we just balked in the tying run. Here we go. So well, right before the umpires are getting together. So it's possible it didn't happen. Right before Brad <laughs> said that, the Marlins actually Marlins their way out of first and third and no outs. Uh, infield was in, they hit a ground ball to Crawford. And the runner at third, he didn't bother Crawford at all. So Crawford just throws to second. And then VR at second, who is not the second baseman, I felt like the runner for the Marlins should have danced a little bit to get him to kind of have to commit. And they just turned an easy double play and the Marlins were left with a guy at third base. So there that that happened and then uh, now the runner goes back to third because the okay, umpires so figured out what was going on. I didn't, was that like a balk or was that a pitch clock thing? It was it was a balk at first. Uh-oh. Well, that's not good. <laughs> I think I think you're a touch behind me, but... I saw it. Um, okay. Jorge Soler. Soler with a two-run home run. So now the Marlins are leading 4-3 to three in the seventh. Where have I seen this movie before? <laughs> yeah. But again, it's not the bullpen. It's it's a, you know, it's just a home run to a home run hitter. Okay, so here, but what here's happens. here's what it is, right? And the, the fact that this is happening right as, because we were just going to have a conversation about this, right? <laughs> uh, that it's happening right as we're we're talking about it. So what it is, is, you know, he gets through six. 
and it's the start of the seventh inning. And Kapler doesn't have anybody in the bullpen. He didn't get anybody started. And so then, you know, they got the the little dink and dunk hits. And then finally, Alexander starts throwing. But there wasn't even an option to really get Webb out of there before, you know, before facing uh, what what he did. So, and, you know, I think probably unless you had a fresh bullpen where you could bring in Rodgers for one inning or for two thirds of an inning, maybe you can do that, but no, they went into extra innings both times against a really pitiful Detroit Tigers team. And then they had yesterday off. So maybe they're saving it. I don't know. That's something that, you know, if if you're writing about the giants, then uh, maybe that's a conversation about Kapler's mismanagement of the bullpen. If that's what is happening, because that was his rep out of Philly, right? Is he couldn't manage the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, and and that could be, you know, the downfall of him as we'll talk about. But you know, there there's so many factors in, in, into the decisions that go into bullpen moves and and whatnot. And and I just don't want it to be all analytic. Um, I want it to be feel. Uh, and, and I don't know if we're getting that right now. But and I don't know. I don't know if Capper can describe what it is that he's doing with the bullpen because a lot of times when he's asked the question, it's it's you know so and so was ready and and uh, hadn't gone in two days and so and so. But I don't I don't know I don't know. There's so much that goes into it. Yeah, and plus they have this thing where they have like seven starters and so they're trying to find work for certain guys who aren't exactly. getting work in certain games and so he's thinking about that. But uh, yeah, and he's also got a reliever who's got the yips, who he doesn't trust whatsoever in Taylor Rogers. So, you know, yeah. what whatever's going on with him, the mind uh, screwing that that is that has been going on with him, where he just can't figure it out. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about some of this other stuff, and we'll you know the po- the people who are going to listen to this on the podcast, this game will already be over, and they're gonna like, mm-hmm. oh no, we're revisiting this again. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, or we'll, they're going to be thinking about, and that's the game we came back in. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it, but we won't, we won't necessarily do play-by-play here because we know that the people listening on the podcast will have already seen what happened. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we get to the latest news about this team is uh, the death lineup with Brian and myself will be back tonight live on YouTube after Game 2 of Warriors-Kings. Now, the funky thing about what I just said is that it's actually going to come out as an audio podcast before this one comes out because it'll get posted right before or right after the game is over. And then this will go up sort of at midnight. I usually put everything up at midnight the next day. So this will actually be out of order as how I'm saying this, but it's because of the YouTube thing. So death lineup, YouTube. Uh, right after the game, Brian and I will will go live and, and talk about game two of Warriors Kings. And then yesterday, we also had a podcast for the uh, We Want Winners show with Roderick and myself going over uh, the uh, fifth-year options and Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw, and we looked at draft positional needs. And then here, here's one. We'll do a little bit of crossover, Brad. You know the story of Brock Purdy this seventh round draft pick who all of a sudden plays really great. So he had the Tommy John. He didn't have the uh, whole reconstruction of the Tommy John. He had, uh, I forget, I forget exactly what they said, but it was like not the worst one of the surgeries. Okay. Was and it so like the UCL. 
Yeah, it's it's I like there, yeah, there's yeah. like a couple different ones. One is that you just reconstruct the whole thing, and that's the one where it keeps the receiver the the pitchers out for like over a year. Yeah, this yeah. was a lesser version, so supposedly he's going to be able to throw much sooner. They expect him to be out about six months. But then he made this comment in a in a piece, I think it was to Yahoo, where he's like, "Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to play next year." And so wow. that was like <laughs> that. And the 49ers brass was probably scrambling at that yeah, point. And they're that, like, what are you doing? That's news to us, but I'm actually kind of glad that he said that now because then maybe they'll they'll snatch a quarterback in the draft or something. But who knows? That that, that yeah, was kind of funny. But it, well, so I'm sure that'll be topic of discussion for uh me and uh, me and, and Rod. We'll we'll be back after the draft in two weeks. Okay. I think athletes would learn over time that when it comes to surgery and stuff like that, they say, you know what, I'm going to defer that answer to the, to the experts, to the surgeon, to the rehab guys. That ain't my bag. Uh, They've done it a million times. I'm just going through the process. Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Let's talk about the latest news of uh, this team here. And I think we probably have to start with Logan Webb. Logan Webb signs a five-year, $90 million deal. Now, does that buy out two or three years of his free agency? I believe that is uh, three years of his free agency. Because it doesn't start this year, the the extension kicks in next season. Okay. So. So he is giving up the possibility of, you know, making more money than, uh, than his per year, but they are giving him more money over the next two seasons, which would probably be in the double digit range, but not quite the, you know, the 19 or 18 or whatever that number, 19 million or whatever that number is for him. Uh, 18, I guess it would be eight. He, he, so, so the average is 18 million a year for the next five years. And that is a, a, a nice shot in uh, of confidence. For him to be the guy, he's he's wanted to be the guy, and he's pitched. I'd say out of his four starts, he's pitched like the guy two times, in, including today's start, and in two other times he has not pitched like the guy. So I hope that you know maybe he was thinking about the contract a little bit. You know, not you just like in the back of your mind maybe. And now that it's over, you know, he can kind of settle in and be like, okay, let, let's let's figure this thing out because uh, you know that it it. Giving up the two-run homer here was not great, but I think for the most part he pitched a pretty good baseball game today. So he did five five years, ninety million. What are your thoughts on young Logan? You know, it was one of those things. I think we talked about uh, earlier in the season. Um, we wanted to kind of see where Farhan and this regime went with giving pitchers contracts. We we knew that you know three-year deal was tops for free agents. Um, especially you're coming off Rodon, you're coming off of Gosman, you're coming off those two deals. Uh, the one year deal that, uh, turned into gigantic money deals for other teams. So we, we, you know, we're thinking, well, we want to be one of those other teams. Let's, <laughs> let's be one of those other teams, but that's not what Farhan does. So our whole thing going into this season was, well, if he doesn't give the deal to Webb, then we're in for a long ride possibly. And and then you're probably in for a, re- a revolt. And then there's a good chance he's going to get fired because of that decision. I think it was one of those things he kind of had to do, 
but you know, as Giants fans, this is what we want. This mm-hmm. is the web is our guy. I mean, we haven't had our guy on the mound since Bumgarner, truly. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's been a long time. So to have Webby on the mound now through the 2028 season, we're talking, we've got him for the next, you know, five, six years. Um, I think this was fantastic. It had to get done. I'm glad it get done. It got done. I'm extremely excited that it got done. Um, you know, he'll be, what will he be when, when the contract ends, he'll be in his 31 year old season. Mm-hmm. So he'll be a free agent at 32. So, you know, depending on how things go, uh, 2027, 2028 in the last two, one year of his deal, they can do another extension. They've done that before with players. Um, is it going to be Farhan making the deal? I don't know at this point. Uh, you know, it's so far away. It's hard to say. Um, you kind of hope that Farhan sticks around for a while because if he does, then you know things are going really well. Um, but uh, we shall see. But uh, no, this is great. I, I mean, the the city loves him. The fans love him. Uh, he is a fantastic pitcher. Uh, I read uh, Grant Brisby's article in The Athletic. He talked about pretty much how, you know, if if the Giants didn't sign him, they'd have to invent him. I mean, because he's he's a guy who, on the mound, you saw the emotion when he just gave up the two-run home run to Soler. It was there. He cares about what he's doing. He is fired up. He wants to be in San Francisco. And I'm sure first outing after the deal was signed, he wanted to go out there and show – Giants fans and Giants brass, this is what you're getting. It did. It just didn't pan out today. Uh, Giants still have a chance to come back. Um, you know, uh, the way the Giants play, it's going to have to be uh, a, a walk or a hit by pitch and then a home run. I mean, that's pretty much how the Giants generate runs nowadays. Um, but yeah, great deal and, and glad to have him for a long time. All right. Some other news that we'll discuss here. Uh, Austin wins is, with the Dodgers now, they had to cover Will Smith going in the DL, and they did so by grabbing wins. So unless he gets DFA'd at some point, which could happen, uh, he will not be a part of the Giants catcher roulette here. We are we are still in the Joey Bart or Joe Bart and Blake Sable portion of catcher roulette. I'm I'm hoping that Patrick Bailey just tears the cover off the baseball to start this season. And that yeah, he but he's still in double A. So we still have a little ways to go with that. So right. Double A. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he was scheduled. I think he ended last season in double A. So I would imagine. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, uh, the other piece of news here, Jock Peterson goes to the injured list with a wrist injury. And they recalled uh, your favorite player, Matt Beatty, to join to rejoin the roster. My uh, my favorite uh, <laughs> uh, DFA at some yeah. point to clear yeah. a forty man roster spot player is what it is who who he is. Just just so you know, too, Patrick Bailey is in Richmond in four oh nine to start the season. A uh, couple of extra base hits. There we go. And uh, so that's nice. That's what we're talking about Matt Beatty, possibly related to Ned Beatty. You think I, I, you know, there's a possibility. There are how many Beatties are there in the world? I guess we got to boil it down to that. <laughs> Ned Beatty. <laughs> uh, a couple other injury pieces of news here. Conforto is still day to day. He had the calf thing. 
uh, during one of the was it the end of the Dodger series when he pulled up lame, or was it the the t- first game in the Tiger series? It was. Oh man. Yeah, I think it was the first game of the Tiger series. Yeah. So he's uh, currently he's not on the injured list, uh, and they're just taking their time with him. Obviously, somebody who had to sit out the entire last season with an injury. I'm sure it's pretty frustrating for him to be like, and, and that's just on. a lot of power that the giants are missing too. another, another free agent that the Giants signed that we're just kind of hoping this free agent pool for the giants, it gets going, but it's just, everybody is stuck in neutral or reverse or IL. I mean, it's, you know, it, we're, we're waiting for it to happen. All right. And then uh, Bryce Johnson who made a terrific catch in the Dodger series to just save uh, save them. He, in making this catch, crashed his head into the wall. And then insane. on the way down, I think he may have also banged him his, his head. Or maybe he banged his head on the way down. Or, but he's out on a concussion. Um, so Sean Jelly is back on the team. And then uh, Roberto Perez officially, officially, officially done for the season after whatever that injury was when he just could not throw the baseball anymore. So already, you know, beginning of the season, they're they're already banged up. And I guess to some extent, you're getting discounts on guys who are banged up like Conforto. The reason why you can sign him for that number is because he was banged up and missed the whole season, and people are like, oh, we're going to wait and see on that. Same with Perez, right? Older player. You're really trying to get one season out of him if he can, and they, and, and they couldn't. Uh, Jock. Jock's an older player. We, we've talked about Jock's, you know, may, maybe his conditioning, <laughs> the conditioning aspect of his, of yeah. his career. <laughs> uh, you know, he at this point, he's like, uh, body of a beer league softball player. Uh, but you know, the, the, the funny thing is though about him is he, like he looks like he's like a, not a great athlete and, you know, maybe as an outfitter, but when you watch him like swing the bat and run the bags, like it's a little goofy, but it's not, you know, he's not unathletic of a guy. So you just kind of wonder, oh, yeah. like, I wonder why he, you know, what stops him from going like, all right, I'm going on the, you know, whatever diet and I'm, and I'm turning, you know, dropping 15 and putting it all back in muscle. Like, what stops it well, from doing that? Well, I don't know if it helps when you're relegated to DH only, though. That's the, I don't know, where's the motivation? Well, well maybe that's what you do, though, when you're DH. You, you, you hit, and then when you're on the bench, yeah. you just trade off. Bicep, you go lift? Bicep curl, <laughs> bite of your chicken breast. <laughs> bicep curl. Chicken breast, and you just you just keep doing it. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Jock Peterson as a chicken breast guy. I definitely see uh, the, the plate of pasta. I don't. <laughs> that's that's not a that's not a chicken breast guy. <laughs> I'm a chicken breast guy. I just Denise is at the store, and I said, "Hey, can you pick up a four pack of chicken breast so I can uh, so, <clears throat> so I can put some." barbecue rub on them and I'm going to cue them up, yeah. cube them. And then I'm going to throw them in and I'll take some salads to work with. some yeah, chicken heck yeah. That's me. I'm not, <laughs> that's what I eat. Uh, Jack <laughs> Peterson doesn't eat that. <laughs> All 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. All right. Uh, let's see. What are we going to do? Okay, let's do uh, Player of the Week. Yeah, let's take a look at that. Um, that was an interesting one. It was a weird week because there were a lot of good performances, right? But there was also some really bad performances. <laughs> <laughs> so if we had an unplayer of the week, I think we'd have a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, but since we had, uh, you know, since, since we're going with player of the week, um, we did have some good performances. So uh, coming in, Third place, Tyler Rogers, the the brother of Taylor Rogers, who who didn't pitch so well this week. Tyler Rogers pitched fantastic. He pitched in three games, had four innings, um, five strikeouts, no hits. So in turn, no earned runs and one hold. Um, went out there, did his job, got guys to to miss, didn't get didn't get dinked and dunked and uh, cue balled like he did last year. Uh, and then coming in second place, J.D. Davis. I think he was on our list last week as well. Um, has a, had a 445 Woba this week, a 333 average, two home runs, seven RBIs, and two runs scored. And Tyro, Tyro Estrada is our winner this week with a 509 Woba, 368 batting average, two home runs, five runs, and two ribs. Um, you know, a lot of people calling him out and saying, this guy, Tyro, man, he is our new um, he's our new MVP and offensively he just keeps going he just keeps going um, you get the guy up there in key situations he, he he's getting on base stealing bases driving in runs scoring runs and actually making plays at second base which we kind of knew uh, there was an awesome video the San Francisco Giants posted on YouTube. Uh, back in spring training of Tyro doing tons of extra work at second base, working on his first step, um, getting into the hole quicker uh, to make plays come up, make the throws. And uh, he's been playing a really solid second base, made that great play from his, from his rear the other day when he got knocked down, um, came up throwing. Did we get a runner? Hey, we got a runner to start the night. Joey Bart Joey, showing off. The, Joe Bart. 
I couldn't tell if that was Joe Bart or the Flash. I don't know what was going on there. That's some speed. Yeah, he hit that ball but, hard uh, too because he didn't. Yeah. He, so he hit a he hit a ball to the shortstop's backhand, and the shortstop wheeled around, threw off the back foot, bounced it. So Joe Bart was able to uh, lug the the infield base hit. <laughs> there you go, lug indeed, man. But he yeah. was he's fine. Hey, that's youth. Right there, you go. When you're a when you're a kid, you can do that. That hurt. I that hurt me just watching it. Uh, so here's something because we've been talking about this. You know these the idea of a player that's been with the team for a long time becomes a fan favorite. I wonder if Tyro becomes that for the Giants. Now he'll have to stay at the level that he's that he's playing at right now. You know, near All Star level will probably be what it takes, but. You know, we talked about Webb possibly being that guy, and they have invested in him. So from the pitching side, but I wonder maybe from the offensive side, maybe it could, maybe it could be Tyro. Maybe Tyro well, is. Yeah, it, it very well could be because when you look at his contract details right now, so he's in year one of arbitration. He's got three more, so he's under. Giants control. And that's what Farhan liked to do early on when he came to the Giants was look at guys who were out there, say, who can I get that has a lot of control that another team just doesn't have room for on their 40 man. And the Yankees were that team. I mean, when you look, you look at the Yankees uh, farm wealth, that's where Farhan was targeting. So he was able to get Tyro Estrada. So you've got him through 2024, 25, 26 and he'll be 30 years old at the end of that so the giants could lock him up they could easily give him a four-year deal i could see that and buy out one year of free agency which would make him a free agent at his 32 year old year Mm -hmm. especially if he continues to have the season he's having now and and the season he had last year he's building on every season as time goes on um valuable asset if he can continue to play a good second base and even improve as a fielder at second base at 27 years old. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This could, this could definitely be a, a, a fan favorite. So, well, the giants are down to their last out here and uh, Joe Bart, Guess who's third up? and man who we just talked about Tyro Strada. <laughs> Their their life is in his hands right now, yeah. Because losing this game uh, is flat out terrible, but it's kind of been the rhythm to the season so far, and it's, it's it has been, yeah, it has been. But uh, again, you can't pin this one on the bullpen because really, you know, bullpen didn't really pitch this game when when they were uh, winning. It was Logan Webb, but again, you know, Webby pitched well. Webby pitched well. You make one mistake to a power hitter like Solaire. Solaire just crushes the ball. He's a 40 yeah. home run guy. He could yeah. be a 50 home run guy. Um, if you make a mistake to him, man, it, it gets ugly. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know in that situation if you do. Um, you had runners at the at the corners, right? And then you end up having a runner at third base. So can you make a move at that point? I think you let Webby kind of work his way out of it. And Tyro, nope, didn't do it. Mm, fly ball to medium deep left field. He he kind of was yeah. on his front foot on breaking ball to end the game. Yeah. So, you know, that is that is just how it's been happening. And uh they will have to play again tomorrow and and figure it out. But 
they that is that is the season so far and it like yeah. you know we we were not surprised that this was going to happen in fact we kind of thought that this was going to be exactly what happened yeah that, i mean giants go out to a three nothing lead and then and then that happens it's just kind of uh you know it's kind of the way it's been going and it's unfortunate that you have to think that way at this early in the season because like we said going back um in that yankee game where the giants um was it the Yankee game? What was the second uh, series? White Sox. Uh, White Sox. So the White Sox game where they uh, ended up blowing the lead, we said, you know, is that going to be the team that that we know? Is this going to be the team, you know, a month or so from now? Are we going to think about this is the team? Um, and I don't, I don't want to think that way, but I don't know, man. Things aren't gelling quite yet, but it's early. It's very early. Um it's not like you're eight games back in the National League West and seven games out of the wild card. Now you're still fighting. You're still trying to figure out your identity. But uh, as long as this isn't the identity, I think, <laughs> I, think, I think we'll be all right. All right. Let's talk about uh, the drink of the day or the drink of the week here for us. So I um, I just went old faithful today. I, I was kind of craving this Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, if you were to say I can only have one beer the rest of my life, this would be it. This is always in my fridge, uh, in can form, in bottle form. Um, we went to a Chinese restaurant the other night, and I and they had it on tap. And they could have some other stuff I've never had before. That, Ooh, that looks <laughs> But if you've got Sierra Nevada draft style on on tap, I'm, I'm going for that. So I had that with some Chinese food the other night. So I was craving it again tonight. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, the the old standard, the old faithful. I um, I lived in a place up in Chico that was about two blocks from the brewery in the '90s, and we used to head over there and do the um, do the walkthroughs. At the time, they had they had a, a tour. Now you have to schedule a tour. You've got to mm-hmm. go onto their website. You have to schedule a tour, and you have to pay for the tour. But in the '90s you could just walk into the brewery and say, Hey, can we get a tour of the facility? And they go, yeah, let me get somebody. Somebody would come out in their waiters uh, because they were, you know, in the brew kettle, cleaning it out. And they go, yeah, let's walk you around. So they walk you around and at the end, they'd give you a taster or they'd pull four or a full um, pint glasses and go, here's Sierra Nevada pale ale. So we drink that here's Sierra Nevada wheat. So we drink that. So you'd walk out of there after four beers and the whole thing was free. So it was fantastic, but don't get breweries like that. anymore. <laughs> Everybody's got to make their money. <laughs> All right. We talked about uh, the scotch that I purchased the other day. Um, what is, how, how do I say it again? Lagavulin. Lagavulin. And I did what Brad said. I put the, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not frozen anymore, but uh, I had the the small ice cube in there. And, you know, I've, we, we've, we've been drinking a lot less of late. So this is kind of really my one drink of the week. So I'm savoring it because, as you can tell, usually I'm like already done by the, by this part of the show. So I'm savoring it. Yeah. And it's, it's not an easy drink to, to just, go through as well like you got to sit with it uh the it's a little fiery if you drink it too fast so well here's the question are you going to have um enough left for when the warriors game starts um no uh maybe (laughs) we'll we'll see because uh 
I, I don't like to necessarily eat dinner while I have a cocktail, yeah, yeah. unless it's like a little uh, on the sweeter side, because it, it changes the flavor of, of the food. A little. It kind of numbs my mouth, I think, a little bit. So <laughs> it does. You know what? Yeah. And it's because it's like 40, you know, scotch is like 40, 45, 50 percent. So it, it is a little numbing. Uh, so that's why, you know, sometimes with scotch, I like the, I don't know if you can see those. I like to get the salty pistachios. Mm-hmm. Um, these are salt and vinegar pistachios. So I like to have those and kind of mix up, cleanse the palate, drink a little water and then have another sip. Uh, Cause yeah, you're right. It does. It can be a little numbing sometimes, but in a good way, I, mm-hmm. I would, I would numb my mouth every night if I could. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, before we go to the last topic, which is a uh, a uh, little bit more on the Kapler thing. Uh what you you had mentioned last week that you had some Disney tips for folks. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to give you 5 because I don't know your situation. So are you guys are you guys going for like are you going for like 5 days? Are you doing what the crazy people do like no. us where you go into the park for 5 days? How many days are you going in the park? This is like a one and done cursory glance at Disneyland. Okay. One and done, so you're going to the park one day at, at California adventure. Okay, cool. So one day in, in Disneyland, one day in DCA. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So number one tip is for both parks, you got to do, since you're only there one day each, you got to do rope drop. And if you're not familiar Ooh, rope with rope drop, drop, rope drop, I'm writing these down, by the way. All right. So eight o'clock, the parks open. I think that's what time but you got to look to see if the park opens at eight o'clock. You want to get in line at seven o'clock because the gates will actually open at seven thirty. Then you'll get to go in main streets open. The stores are open. The music is playing. The characters are out greeting you, waving to you, saying hi as you're walking down Main Street and soaking it in, seeing the castle for the first time. Then you can't go into any of the lands yet because there is somebody, people standing there with ropes. So you're hanging out and then about five minutes before, anticipation starts to build. So whatever rides you want to go on first... um, that's kind of where you want to point your direction of when rope drop happens, you head that way. You're going to see people running. You're going to see people. Don't worry about it. You're still going to get in line. You're still going to get to your ride early in the morning. There are far less people than there are in the afternoon, uh, evening time. And then late at night, if you stay till the park closes, you're going to have around the same crowds that you have first thing in the morning. So those are the two times. Those are the two best times you want to get on those rides. You do those times. If you want to get on rides in the middle of the day, Genie Plus is the way to go. So if you have Genie Plus on your tickets, that that's going to be where you can go on to the app, book tickets for a certain time. Uh, you want to go on Indiana Jones? Cool. You're going to rope drop and go on a different ride, but you're going to grab your Genie Plus tickets for Indiana Jones. So when you get off of that other ride, you can probably walk right over to Indy and go ride that. So there's, so there's a lot that goes into rope drop, but it is fantastic. There's some awesome videos out there. I'm going to send you one of a guy who does, um, uh, getaway today and he does all of the vacation packages, but he has a whole thing on rope drop and it is fantastic. Like how to do it, how to enjoy it. Cause I always told Denise, if I have to run to a ride, I don't want to ride it. 
<laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll just wait until there's another time in the day or whatever. But if I have to, I'm never going to run to a ride at Disneyland. I want to enjoy it. You want to look at the sights and sounds. So that's tip number one. I know it's a lot. Um, tip number two, let's just go into it's part of tip number one is Genie Plus. Um, it can be 20 bucks a day. It can be 30 bucks a day. It totally, and, and it's per ticket and it totally changes. But if you're only there for one day and you want to ride the rides, that is absolutely the way to go. Um, you, there are certain rides that you can book with Genie Plus, uh, and you can only book that ride once. So once you use your Genie Plus pass on that ride, that's it for the day. Got it. Uh, but you, but there's like in in you know Disneyland, there's like eight different rides you can use it for. Um, and then so the trick is kind of look for the ones that are closest to the time you book it. So if it's 8.05 in the morning and you're walking towards Rise of the Resistance, the big Star Wars ride. Um, That's what I want to go first, I feel like. I highly suggest you go there first. It's going to look intimidating. Everybody is going to be heading that way. It's going to look super intimidating, but we went on crowded days, and that's the first thing we went to. I think we didn't wait longer than like 30 to 40 minutes to get on the ride. Later in the day, you're looking at 90 to 120 minutes. Mm. So that's it. So if you want to do that one first, and it is, it is a fantastic ride. You've nothing like you've ever seen. It is an absolutely amazing ride. Total blast. Um, kids are going to love it. So do that one first. As you're going there, though, if you have Genie Plus, that's when you want to book your Indiana Jones. Because as soon as you get off that ride, let's say you get off that ride close to nine o'clock and you booked your Indiana Jones time for nine to 10, because it, it always, give you, always gives you an hour. So if you book it for nine o'clock, you have from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock to use your passes. So as soon as you get off that ride, then you could head over to Indiana Jones, ride that. As soon as you scan in to get in line for Indiana Jones in the special Genie Plus line, now you can book another ride. So every time you scan it in, you can book another ride while you're in that line. You could book it for something across the park. So that's tip number two. Tip number three, it, it may not apply to you guys, but since you're only there for two days, always bring two pairs of tennis shoes because we, we go for five days. So I alternate tennis shoes every other day because if you're mm -hmm. wearing the same shoes and you're walking 20, we walk 25,000 steps in wow. Disneyland easily in a day. So if you're doing that five days in a row, you want to alternate shoes just because That's it's going to feel much better. Yeah. Um, tip number four. And again, this may not apply to you guys, but it'll apply to anybody who's going for five days or four days. Middle of the day, go back to the hotel, rest for about an hour, lay down. We set the alarm for an hour. Everybody naps because you're super tired from getting there at rope drop crash for about an hour or so you wake up you feel refreshed you you head into the park you grab something to eat because middle of the day is really really busy you're talking mm -hmm. like as soon as you get past 11 o'clock in the morning until about three four o'clock five o'clock that's the busiest time so you have a little bit of a harder time getting on rides but at that time you can get on the 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 smaller the dark rides snow white pinocchio those are a blast those are always fun rides um and DCA, you're really going to want to use that that Genie Plus because there are the big rides there. So you want to use those right away. And then the tip to that is go straight to Cars. Uh, Radiator Springs, the Cars ride that morning. Go straight there, get in line. Again, 
40, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, but later in the day, two hours easily. Um, so those are kind of my four tips right there. Uh, we're experts. We go every year. We go for five straight days every time, sometimes twice a year. Um, and so we kind of have all the patterns down. We've watched all the videos. We've studied everything. So, yeah. But we'll talk more off air. I'll give you some more stuff about that. All right. Last segment here. Last year, we started something called Haters Watch because Giants were bunning when conventional wisdom said not to bunt. They were stealing <laughs> when conventional wisdom said not to steal. And we thought, you know, if this team is good, there's going to be a lot of haters and poor Kapler is going to be under fire. Now, they were just average, so none of that really happened. So instead, we turned this into cap watch 2023 (laughs) and so uh, i didn't expect to start the show with this long kapler conversation so we'll just add on the things that i did want to talk about which will be which which will mean we'll get out of here uh pretty soon actually the i I looked this up he's under contract until 2024 Uh, after the 2021 season he signed a two-year extension which took him through the 23 this year and the 24 year next year. So that's, that's what his contract is, is for. We talked about Farhan had they, them having the option on him. Uh, so we, we know that he's around this year and more than likely next year. Now they, they can very much sign him to a, a longer deal as well. And I kind of wondered if they sign if they sign Farhan to an extension and they just say caps here till 24, I wonder if that means anything. Cause they kind of came in as a combo deal, right? They, they were, yeah. it's not quite in just, this is just for the 49ers pod. It's not quite Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, but it does seem that they're kind of connected. But I wonder if, what you know, if you were to bet which side gets disconnected first, is it Kapler staying and Zadie going, or Zadie going and Kapler staying? If they did decide to split up the dynamic duo, I, I would honestly think Kapler would go first. <clears throat> and the reason I think that is because Zadie, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but uh, Zadie is building something. Um, He's still building the farm system. He's still building a culture. He's still building uh, the backbone of the on-field portion of the organization. Um, Kapler was his hire, but the misuse of the bullpen, the um, and again last year, I'm not really, I don't really think too much of last year. There were players that just did not perform to how they performed the year before that's on if anybody that's on the players and if anybody else that's kind of on on Zadie because you gotta you gotta realize you've got these older players but again it wasn't the time to start to jump into the market because they still had Brandon Crawford under contract um Brandon Belt was just coming off of a, a good season and they wanted to see does he continue that no he didn't so that's why he's not here um you know, Buster Posey uh, pretty much going into the season or going into uh, 2021, 
I got, I got to remember what year we're in going back to 2021. All that money came off the books. This year was supposed to be the year of spending the whole judge thing. Didn't pan out uh, again. And I'm not making excuses, but judge wanted to be a Yankee. I mean, you hear him talk in interviews. Now he was going to be a Yankee. That's kind of how it was going to happen. Um, we got Correa that didn't pan out again, not a Zadie issue. It was a medical issue. Even the Mets who are free, free spending, uh, uh weren't going to give him a deal anyways. And then he goes back over to Minnesota and only gets six years. So there, there was an issue there. Um, I think Zadie still has a couple more years. Yeah, I know he's only signed through this uh, next year, right? Uh, through the through the option, um, but I think they're probably going to give him another year or two, maybe a two year deal to, to have him keep building. I don't know if Kapler is going to be there for the ride, and if they do break it up, it's going to be Kapler because I think they're probably going to look around the league and say, "Look, there are other guys." who are, are analytic based, but can also manage the bullpen. Um, <laughs> I think they're, at some point they're going to look at that because you look at that, we're looking at probably three, maybe four losses this season that are kind of on the bullpen, um, bullpen management. Um, so the Giants could be in a much better situation. Uh, if they fired him in the middle of the season and just elevated a bench coach, I, I don't know for any better off. So I can't see the fact that he's going to be gone in the middle of the season. I think he plays out this season. Um, and, and, and then we kind of go from there. If, if this is a below 500 team, I don't know if Kapler is going to be around after the end of the season. Very interesting that uh, I'm going to say, and I don't, I don't really know much. Like, I just know what everyone else knows. I think they wait till this season to determine what they're going to do with Zadie. And that determines what they're going to do with Kapler. If the Giants have a good season, you have that option for Zadie, which takes him through 2024. And then Kapler's through 2024. And then you go, okay, at the end of that season, then we'll sort of figure it out. And Or maybe you go, they're both here. We're going to resign both of them at the same time. Hallelujah. Cheers. <laughs> if they struggle this year, um, th- then, then they're both the lame duck going into 2024. So I, I kind of think that they're both tied together, though – Man, can you imagine at the end of 2024, the Giants brass going like, well, we're going to have to find this dynamic duo again. And we're going to look at, you know, or maybe it's um, I forget the guy that they grabbed from from Houston uh, to be the the general manager. Pete, Pete Petula, 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 you know, maybe there's someone from the Houston organization who Pete's really close to. He's like, nope, that if, if it's not Kapler, it's this guy. And and you get just get rid of both of them at the same time. I do wonder that that piece where how much are they tied together, and how much is you know Kapler willing to work without Zadie and Zadie willing to work without Kapler. That'll be an interesting thing. But if they have a good season, it could be a way for them both to get extensions. And if they don't, then they're going into the next season as a lame duck. I I, I don't think that's a good scenario at all. So uh, I'm hopeful that they have a good season this year. Cause I want to see both of them. Like Kapler seems like just a great human, right? Like right. if he can figure out the baseball thing, this is a dude you want coaching your team. He just seems like a really, really good human being. 
and you root for guys like that. And he's jacked out of his mind, man. You always get a, a jacked out of your mind coach there. Well, look at I mean, he's got veins on his Adam's apple. Who's got that for crying out loud? I mean, that's yeah, that's he's got neg not you know, a lot of people, some people strive for zero percent body fat. He's got negative. I think it's like <laughs> negative percent body fat. So uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. You know, I'm sure we'll be watching Kapler throughout the season. And at some point, you know, we may have to pull up the Zadie watch here. If all these, if no, you know, imagine if they don't get anybody yeah. up to help out the team. Like, I mean, some of it is already right. Is Ramos? They they brought Ramos up, and he's he's not doing anything. At least at right. least Joe Bart is hitting a little bit, but he's hitting all singles. Um, you know, Ramos hasn't done anything. Jelly hasn't done anything. I know we're sort of circling Kyle Harrison, and we're circling Patrick Bailey, and we're circling Luciano. So. All of that, all of those things is still to come, but the you know we're, we'll we'll be watching this throughout the entire season. Do, you, do what what did this record take the Giants to? By the way, what what are the Giants now? Uh, you know, I uh, I'd have to look it up. I want to say they started the day five and eight. That sounds about right. Let me see. Um, but speaking of Pete Patillo, too, I. <laughs> Giants are I'm five cu- and ten, by the way. Five and ten. Okay, so I, I'm curious what the GM role is in the Giants organization at this point, because during the whole Correa thing, during the whole Aaron Judge thing, and not not one point did we hear a soundbite or a quote or anything from Pete Patilla. I know it's his first season, but still, that the general manager is usually the guy that we hear a lot of, you know talk from when it comes to signings. Um, but, you know, they went straight to head of baseball operations, which is Zadie. So is he also the GM and Patilla is the GM is in name, but doing other duties as assigned. I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's, it's not something I'm used to as a baseball fan, um, that kind of hierarchy, uh, not hearing from the GM. So yeah, a little bit different. All right, let's uh, let's head out here and end a little early. We didn't hit the hour mark quite, but uh, I think it's it's totally fine. I'm off to Disneyland. That's tomorrow, though. I still Sweet, have man. I still have the death lineup to do tonight. Like I said, so you're in the park Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, okay, I want reports, man. I want to see what <laughs> you guys are doing. <laughs> well, you know, my, the my stepkids and my wife—they're rookies, and I I, I yeah, think yeah. my wife is a little apprehensive. She's not going into this super gung-ho she's kind of like oh, i'm just doing this for the kids this is not my thing so we'll, yeah. we'll see i'm gonna try to get her kind of to be into it like let's plan this out she's a planner she's yeah oh yeah type a she, she but she doesn't have the disneyland thing so uh, i want to get her in, in that mode like no let's plan all our stuff here's yeah. the thing we you know we got to get on the page this is what brad said this is what these videos said let's create the plan and we'll get everyone going i think i think all in the back of her mind what the worst case scenario is like, you know, the kids just, they get super overwhelmed and it just becomes like this, yeah. a little bit of a, uh, of a frustration more than like this great, like fun time. Yeah. So it can be overwhelming. And if it starts to become overwhelming, honestly, there is so much to step back at Disneyland and just look at mm-hmm. and just enjoy the parades, the fireworks, all the different things. There's so many things to just kick back if you don't want to sit in the gigantic crowds down main street and in front of the castle and watch the fireworks, go stand in front of small world 
and watch the projections of the fireworks on the castle, the animation and everything. And you'll see to your upper left, as you're watching it, you'll see the fireworks up over there. At the same time, you're watching the projections on the castle. We, we actually like that more than standing in front of the castle and watching the fireworks, less people oh. and, and less crowds. So cool. Yeah. All righty. That'll be it from here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the giants will turn it around. <laughs> A little bit. Let's there. go. Let's Turn go around five, five and 10. Never a great way to start the season. I, I said 94 wins this year. I, can I change that? <laughs> Too late. Too late to change it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So for Brad, I'm double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. This is Trevor Lane from the LakersNation.com podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team podcast network and business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.